This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, good evening and welcome to the latest edition of Hello From The Other Side, uh, the spin-off show, our preview show on the Wednesday week. Uh, you may be aware that um, I am not Dan or Ash, they've gone into hibernation after the last couple of games, so you're stuck with me tonight, it's Stevie, uh, and I'm here tonight to speak um, all things football, all things prep, all things preview to what is sure to be one of the marquee games of the weekend, the championship all all seeing, all dancing, marquee game, um, Swansea versus Sheffield Wednesday. I'm here with Luke from the Swancast podcast. Luke, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing brilliant, thanks. I mean, I say brilliant, but I don't know how brilliant life down in the relegation zone could be this <laughs> early into the season. No wins, same as you really, um, no plan. But yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss a lot of it going forward now. Yeah, I have a feeling that the next half an hour or so is going to be therapeutic, cathartic, um hopefully we'll we'll find some shoots of positivity um getting after each other's results and performances so far this season so um okay let's get into it talk to me about um the mood on your before we get started talk to me about the mood on your pod how how, how are things in on the swan cast given the the start to the season that you've had so the last two podcasts we've done we just, we, we we lost to bristol city uh tried to remain as positive as possible However, the manager doesn't want to help himself and is saying some things in the media ahead of a big game against Cardiff that really make it hard to to stay positive and ultimately go and lose that game. And it's not just the way that it's lost. It's the performances, it's you know the whole sort of vibe and atmosphere and everything around the club at the moment. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like where it should be, where it has been. And the fan base, I've never seen them so united against the decision of getting a manager out ever. I'll be honest, or at least for a long time, um, which is quite sad to see, really, seven games into a season. I started the season quite optimistic about the appointment. haven't really seen what I thought I might see. We, we kind of knew it would be a slow start, but not this slow. 
That's interesting to hear, actually, because obviously, being being Sheffield Wednesday, um, we've gone toe to toe with Barnsley last season, and obviously, we're, we're, we're referring to Michael Duff. Uh, and we looked, we actually looked um, from afar with a, a little bit of envy, you know, at various points last season when they won, went on that fantastic run. And the team that we sort of feared more than anyone at various points last year was Barnsley. So to hear that he's um, sort of been a bit of an antagonist going in there is, is quite a surprise. Um, is there anything that you can actually pinpoint specifically that he's done? Is it is, is the, the, the things that he says in the press? Is it uh, the style of play? Has it changed drastically since Russell Martin left? Yeah, it's both of those things, actually, I think. I can't tell you what the style of play is right now. So in terms of where it's gone from Russell Martin, I can tell you what we lost. Um, I think what he's trying to do is the priority is to shore up the defence. And you only need to look at Southampton right now to see why that was something that was needed to be done. You know, Russell Martin, uh, manager of Southampton now, they've conceded the most goals in the league. So that's where we were last season. It wasn't quite as bad as what they're showing now, mind you, but that's where we were last season. So that was definitely priority. We acknowledged that on our podcast earlier in the season that that's where he's going to have to start. And I think he has been doing that, but we haven't really seen the improvements to, sh- to sort of... Um, get you on board there's been some we are a little bit better defensively but we're still making individual mistakes which have carried over from Russell Martin era and ultimately that's what's cost us any results so then it's difficult to kind of acknowledge that he's working on this area it's improving now we can move on still hasn't got that right fully so then we haven't seen any of the progress on the other areas which might be the attack inside and off the ball and all that like the press which I know was quite a big thing in Barnsley's system last year haven't seen any of it. So I, I came in with an expectation of what he did at Barnsley and where we might go. I know they told me we had someone on the podcast at the start of the season. It might take a bit of a slow start. Maybe by Christmas, it might be up to running, up and running with the speed. But he's under a lot of pressure already, seven games in. I'm more than happy to give him time. But three points in seven games is really poor, considering he's had investment, he's had back in. But yeah, the other side of it then is the way he's been in the press. Like he's he's backing himself, he's confident in himself, but he's not making a connection with the fans. And I think that is where he's going wrong. Apparently he's not moved to Swansea, so he hasn't been able to get involved in the local community, get the feeling of the club. Swansea is quite a communal club and always has been. We've always had this thing called the Swansea Way. We're quite proud of like that aspect of it. It is quite a communal club. Um, and I think... You kind of need the managers to buy into that to a certain extent. Russell Martin did that really well. And I keep mentioning him, but the fan base does because a lot of the fan base has struggled to move on from Russell Martin. And that might be an unfair thing to kind of like pass on to Michael Duff. But when he's not making any effort to embrace the culture and the fans, I guess, you know, it is his own fault in a way. So one of the comments in particular that, has made a rod for his own back or dug his own grave, was after the Bristol City defeat, which was quite a poor performance. He went on record to say he would rather lose to Cardiff twice, which are the biggest rivals Cardiff are, than oh, and, and get promoted. So he'd oh, rather dear. get promoted and lose to Cardiff twice. That did not go down well, because it's like we see that game as the biggest game of football in the world, I guess, you know, if you're a Swansea fan, if you're a Cardiff fan. It is the only bubble match left in the English league system, I believe. So it's a big deal. And we've won the last four. Very proud of that. First team to do the double ever. 
and we did it twice under Russell Martin. So we did it the first time and then backed it up the second season. So for him to come up with a comment like that kind of didn't sit well. And then the performance, I mean, after that comment, I guess you knew it was coming when we went and lost that game. And it kind of looked like roles reversed for where Swansea versus Cardiff were the last two seasons where their managers downplayed it. We've gone and battered them. It was it was roles reversed. And yeah, he's he's really made it difficult for himself now because that has lost a lot of the fan base. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, obviously, where I've got to profess to not be an absolute expert on Swansea. We've been out of the league for a couple of years, and you know, there's been times when Swansea played in the Premier when we've been um, in the Championship, sort of thing. So it's it's been a while since we've um, obviously crossed paths. But if I were to tell you that everything that you've just described, you could scrub out Swansea. You could scrub out Russell Martin and replace it with Sheffield Wednesday and Darren Moore. Um, honestly, Darren Moore, um, he reversed the fortunes of the club. He's changed the culture at Sheffield Wednesday. And I think we've got a hangover um, here now, having lost him. And as we're, we're recording tonight, he's, he's, the, the rumour is he's on the verge of going on the road and uh, going in at Huddersfield. And that's, that's sort of left people with a bit of a, a sour taste in the mouth because we got them pretty soon. Um, but we've had similar things here uh, up in Sheffield. You know, he came to Sheffield, he moved in uh, to the area, he, he bought into the fabric and the fibre of the place. Um, as we said, he's, he's managed to tame a, a bit, a pretty batshit crazy chairman in, in Chancery and managed to manage up, unlike um, any any manager that had on, in the previous sort of regime over the last four, sort of four or five years. And coming away from that now with Chisco, we are very similar to, to the way that you're describing it suffering a little bit and everything that you're describing i would say is probably very similar to to the things that we're going through at the minute so you know it's almost like we're we're, we're carving copies of each other at the moment um you mentioned the, that way. The, yeah you mentioned the cardiff game and i know that you we're, we're, we're with a day after a couple of draws for both teams two one all draws yourselves played qpr and we um obviously toiled against uh middlesbrough down at the bottom of the league on, on tv last night um Beyond that, how, how's the mood coming away from the weekend, uh, having having lost that big derby? Do you think there's going to be a hangover next week? Um, well, after the derby, I think everyone said he's got... Uh, well, people wanted him gone then. Let's be, I'll be quite frank. People would have been happy if he was gone then and then. Then and there. But for me, I thought maybe this week, two games to kind of show that there's some sort of progress... So that was away at QPR, which was last night, and then yourselves on the weekend. Now, we led against QPR 1-0 for the majority of the match and ended up drawing that one all. As frustrating as that is, I guess that's a point, that's a draw away from home, where he could use that as a platform now to build, but we have to see that other weekend against yourselves. It has to be a win. That changes it to four points since the derby, and all of a sudden, maybe... You could start building something, you know. I think we're at the stage where it, you need to just get a win and then build from there. Like it doesn't really even matter about the performance. Just get over the line, get yeah. get a win on the board, and then yeah, yeah. and then work on the performance. Then move forward, because it's just been the longer it goes on without a win, the more pressure builds, the more doubt comes over. There's no confidence in the team. So I think that's where we are, really. Like last night, if we had won that game, yeah, we played well for 15, 20 minutes at the start. We got a 1-0 league lead. But then afterwards, it kind of fizzled out. There wasn't really much going on. And it was a poor game with two poor teams. 
ultimately you can't say a draw was not the fair result. But if we had got over the line and it would be in a scrappy, poor win, you'd still take that and build yeah. from that, you know. So that's yeah. where we are. I think he has to win against you, you guys on Saturday. I'm not really sure how much time he'd have left if he doesn't really, especially at home. And if he doesn't, I don't want to be there when that turns toxic, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know if you, you, you've seen any of the, the sound bites or the, the highlights from last night, but um, we've got a little bit of a splinter group within who've decided that they're going to form some sort of protest group. And on 15 minutes last night, we decided we were going to launch a load of tennis balls onto uh, onto the pitch, very similar to Reading. Um, it didn't help that this secret group told everybody that they were going to do it and everybody was aware. And there were statements put out by the club saying, don't do that. And the vast majority of people didn't do that. So it looked a little bit tin pot, if I'm honest, but they've come out again today and said there's going to be, you know, some chanting, some um, some protestation there on Saturday as well. They're intending to go down with banners and making it quite a sort of a hostile place for our team and, and, and our lads there as well, which I think from our point of view detracts a little bit from from the, the, the objective. And as we've said, we're, we're in a very similar boat having you know, heard the things that you're saying. We need a win rather you know, rather than the quality of performance at the minute. Uh, we don't have an identity in the way that we're playing. So, again, it's interesting to hear the things that you're saying, and, you know, the, 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 the sort of the worries that you have. Um, on the pitch, what sort of... You've you mentioned, the, the, you know, the performances on Saturday. What, what sort of formation, what can we expect to see from a Swansea side this weekend? So, this season, we've been playing five at the back, uh, five three in midfield and two up top. However, he reverted that to a four, more of a four, two, three, one against QPR. Uh, more of a, I say that, but it's like a fluid front four with the wingers, the cam and, and the striker. I would expect him to persist with that because we did get a point out of it. You know, he was talking about the positives after the game. So I'd expect we'll continue to see that. Now, I did ask for this earlier in the season. We changed to it a few times late in games when we're chasing games and I felt we had more success with it than five of the back system. So I would expect he'll maintain that. So whether it'd probably be some changes, I'd imagine there was one or two injuries that got picked up against QPR. Um, when it comes to maybe how we'll play with that system, it's the same as what you said. There's not really an identity at the moment. I know the, the end goal is meant to be similar to what Barnsley was offering last year, but right now, I don't know what our attacking game plan is. At the start of the QPR match, it was getting out wide and crosses in and we got a goal that way. But quite often we see that we can't get the ball forward because the guys up top can't really hold the ball up. Not to say it's long ball up to them and they're expected to hold it up, but even to their feet. They just get bullied off the ball and they can't play the other players in around them. We can't get a foothold in the opposition half and then we can't build on anything. So it's quite tricky to see what the plan is. Um, and we don't necessarily seem to be always playing as wide as possible then to stretch the field. So yeah, last season, that's what we were doing, making the pitch as big as possible, keeping the ball. Possession was so important for us. You know, we were looking in the 60s to 70s in a lot of games. Um, <laughs> so it's a complete change from that. And I think that's what the fans are struggling to kind of deal with as well, uh, from seeing no structure, I guess. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned 60s and 70s. I don't think we've broken 48% possession this, this season. Um, the, the, the Southampton game at the start of the year, I think we were down at 27%. So, 
We're well, exactly, up. Russell Martin, isn't it? So that's yeah. what we would have been like last year. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, they absolutely passes off the park, pumped us to, you know, little five yard, six yard passes, and we will sit off you on Saturday. And um, we're, we're set up to counter. We play one up top, um, and there's a there's a chasm. It's not just a, a gap; it's an absolute chasm between our front player, whoever that may be. Um, and the two supporting players that are behind him. So, you know, we, we, we've struggled to get shots on goal. Uh, we've struggled to score from open play. So it's, it's, it's quite a negative sort of dour feel when, when we're setting up at the minute. Everything seems so meh. And I think a lot of the fan base at the minute are feeling quite apathetic. So <laughs> I think you mentioned off air that it was going to be a little bit of a dour nil. No, no. um, it may very well be the case <laughs> as things are setting up. Yeah. At the minute. Um, so we, you, you, I imagine you've spent a little bit of money pre-season. Um, you managed to get some signings in. Has it been a massive turnover in terms of the, the playing personnel? Yeah, we brought 13 players in. We haven't spent massive amounts of money, and considering the players are left, so uh, most namely Joel Perot for big, mm. big money. Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we spent less than what came in, is what I'm saying. Um, but out of the players that have come in, some of the notable acquisitions would be Josh Key that you might have heard about from from the lower leagues who came in a right right back. He's been quite positive, bit of raw talent, definitely one of our bright sparks this season. Um, we've had a couple on loan that have also performed quite well. So specifically, Charlie Patino's come on loan from Arsenal. He was at Black Blackpool last year, who had, he had a good season mm-hmm. there. So he's come in. He's got three assists in his first four games. Um, he didn't play yesterday. But I would expect him maybe to come back in for this one. And the other player we probably spent the most amount of money on then is uh, Jerry Yates from Blackpool as well. Mm. Uh, he scored two goals up top for us, but he's not really looked great the last couple of games. Since Perot has left, he's partnered with a couple of different people, but I just don't see us getting the best out of him at the moment. I don't know whether that's because he's not with someone that complements his style. Mm. I think we realised what we missed when Perot's gone now because as much as Perot looked quiet at the start of the season Yates maybe had the space then to get his goals because Perot's taking the attention away from uh, from the defenders mm. but yeah Perot has been not Perot Yates has been with Lowe he's been with Cullen I, there hasn't been a, a solution really to our up top uh, troubles right now so I think he might come back into the squad tomorrow because he didn't not tomorrow Saturday because he didn't play yesterday either but I don't know whether we're getting the best out of him at the moment. So for you to be concerned, I'm not so sure. He he, he kind of needs opportunities. He's not creating anything on his own. So yeah, we, we need to start creating more from behind him, really. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We all know away days are mint, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now with the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. For more information, see mcdonalds.com. See you later. Okay. Um, We've we've done a little bit of a dissection of where we are. I have to ask, last sort of question about you guys before we move on to to a couple of other things and some previews. Um, Do you think he's going to turn it around? Do you see yourself as being in maybe a little bit of a false 
position and let's say good news for you guys and bad news for us that you know come Saturday Swansea get the points do you think that's a, a point where you kick on and you know that's the start of your season and you move or do you think it's a just a blip or a bounce that you can you, you hope for the next result uh, where do you see things going it's a difficult one because I think ultimately we've got the tools to change it sometimes in reality it's not that easy I think false position we're not on a false position based on how the season has gone but maybe we're in a false position on paper if you look at our squad and mm. the players that we have got available I don't think we should be where we are I'm not saying that we should be you know in the top six or anything like that but I certainly don't think we should be in the bottom three which is perhaps why you know why the the atmosphere and the the pressure is the way it is I think Duff you know, he's clearly a good manager from what he's done in the past. Maybe he's coming, the the approach that he has doesn't suit the club, doesn't suit the fans. I'd like to say he could change it and he could turn it around, but it's, it has to start with getting results. The problem he has is, because we because of what he's done in the media, I feel like he's got he's made it so much harder for himself to win the fans back around now. It's not just yeah. about performing on a pitch anymore. People think he's not connected to the club and the community and hasn't really got involved. So I think he's just made his job so much harder. I'd love to see him prove everyone wrong, you know, go on a bit of a run now, starting with a win Saturday. We need to see a little bit of progress on the pitch. All right, OK, now I can see the style he's trying to bring here. Now I understand what he's trying to do. I can see the progress he's trying to make. Until we see that, nothing's going to change. And to be honest, he's only got a couple of games to maybe do it because I think the, the fan pressure is getting to the point where I wouldn't be surprised after the last two games, if it's not a win Saturday, you know, if he is gone. I never want to say that so early into a season, but any manager, especially one I think has got potential and I think he will have a good career elsewhere if he does go. But the way everything is at the moment, it does feel like you wouldn't be surprised to see that result. And yeah, I think, you know, we need everyone pulling in the same direction, really. And it's one of them where if it, if it keeps getting worse, how long do you leave it as well? Like, I don't know what the right decision is. I don't know what the answer is. Sometimes you think you need to give it a little bit more time and it's easy to say that. But I think when you're in the situation of negativity, it's hard to get out of it as well. Yeah, the the way you're talking about about the man there, it, it makes me feel that if he does go, it's it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for him, and he may have to take a step back and maybe move to a, a with due respect a smaller club uh, to, yeah. to to cut his teeth again before before he steps up again because he obviously this is the highest level that he's he's managed at. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll but see, it's we'll like it's, again, it's down to what he's saying in the media. He said after last night's game, you know, he got asked about being under pressure and and all of this, and he said he had the, the back end of the board. He probably has like three job, three games to save his job, I think he said, um, which he said he knows it's a results business. But then he also said, I'm not here to change the fans' minds. If they've already made their minds up, then mm-hmm. it is what it is. I'm not here to change that. I'm here to get results. And so I think he's, he's just so not in- helping himself. Like, it's, it's, no. I don't really understand yeah. it. I think it's so important when you find yourself in a situation like this and, you know, talk about the, everybody will be aware of the, the miracle of Hillsborough, the, the, the reverse of the 4-0 uh, in the League One playoffs last year for us. The, the way that Moore galvanised our fan base, he'd, he'd done it 
previously, but to, to, to get a, a group of fans together at 4-0 down at home in the playoffs, having spunked, uh, uh, you know, winning the league, basically, which is where we were in March before we played Michael Duff and his Barnsley team, ironically. Um, there's so much to be said for having the support and the fan base in those difficult periods. And, you know, if he's not, if he's not getting that right, then, you know, as you've said, and we, we've articulated here, he's, he's creating a rod for his own back. And, you know, regardless of results, and it's going to take results, performances, and the right things being said for him to get things going in the right way. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, uh, you're an expert of the championship in relative terms compared to us because we're we're newbies after two two years out. A um, couple of questions: Do you think the championship is more difficult this year than it was last year? Yeah, I think it's um, it's a difficult year this year. We said it at the start of the season. I think the three clubs that came down are probably three of the strongest clubs on paper that have come down in recent memory. So we got Southampton, Leicester and Leeds. I think none of them went up the, the year before, did they? So like that's that's always yeah. um, a tricky selection of teams to come into the league. Look at Leicester, the way they're performing. I think Leeds are starting to pick up steam now. Southampton are definitely underperforming based on the players they have available to them. But I can tell you firsthand... The reasons for that is Russell Martin. As much as I wouldn't be opposed to him still being at Swansea right now, it does not shock me to see they're defending and why they're in the mess that they're in. But ultimately, I wouldn't say it's an easy game. It's just the same thing that happened to Swansea last year. They'll dominate matches, but also concede a poor goal. And that's yeah. that's what happens. And then and then they lose. You, you could say all the stuff about being the better team and, you know, controlling the match until you have that one moment of lapse of con- concentration or whatever. But that's what's happening with them again. So it's, it's it's easy to see why that's happening. Still think it's a tricky team. And if he goes and someone else comes in, that's more um, rigid with what they're doing and expect them climbing up. As for the teams that come up as well, yourselves, you've got Ipswich, look at where they... I mean, second in the league after coming up, like says it all. I know they had a really good run at the back end of last year. I did think they would have a good season this year and you know they're, they're in a realistic chance at the moment of even knocking on the door to go straight back up again. Mm. And I think Plymouth as well, they they look quite good um, from what I saw of them last season. They had a player on loan from us, Morgan Whitaker, who yeah. definitely did really well in League One. Set the League One a light when he was there. We recalled him and didn't utilise him. Stupid decision really. Uh, but he's got back there now and he's he's doing the job again. I, just, yeah, I think it is a really competitive league and maybe we are suffering as a result of that. There's been a few seasons on our podcast where we have talked about the championship being quite poor. We finished 10th last season after being on a horrendous run after Christmas of like three wins in 24 games. And then because we had a run of seven wins in nine games, we managed to shoot up a table and finish three points off the playoffs. Yeah, Don't really think that happens in most seasons where there's a strong collection of teams. And I think you could argue maybe it's catching up to us a bit where we are now and maybe reality's hitting us. You know, if you're being bluntly honest, I think personally we have got a squad better than where we are, but maybe a strong league where teams are turning up a little bit more than they have done the last few years. We are not, and that's why we are down where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, okay, last couple of questions, if that's all right. Uh Sheffield Wednesday are in lo- in the local press. We are a, a little bit of a 
an enigmatic force, shall we say, at the moment, where things are, have not gone the way that we'd expected to have in managed to secure promotion the way that we did, the manner that we did, playoff playoff final at Wembley, getting up. And then some of the statements that our chairman's made. I'm curious to know from, from a distance the perception that Swansea might have of us. I know we're down at the bottom end of the league and it's already we're talking about it potentially being a six-pointer. Um, do you look at us and think, crikey, that's a bit of a mess? I was Yeah, I was quite gutted for you, really, because I thought you were going to come up and have a decent season. I didn't realise. I know when we were doing a pre-season kind of rankings, I don't think I realised what was going on with your um, your manager and I didn't realise he'd left. When I found out, I was just a bit confused. I was like, hang on, he's just got promotion and he's gone. Like, what's going on there? That's, that doesn't happen. It's like you want to be coming up, you just, that's a really exciting thing, you know. You're going up to a new league, you want promotion. You want to use that momentum to get a good start and build from it because it is going to be a hard season, but... You never want to play a team that's come up right at the start, you know, because of that new new team in the league sort of bounce. But it really seems like a bit of a mess, you know, when you look at what actually is going on. And I I, I do feel a bit sorry for that for you, really. But I know we know what it's like having poor owners, so we understand that maybe having that the situation exactly that you're going through. Yeah. But the entire stint of our current owners being here, you know depending on how well or not so well we're doing on the pitch, the fans are more vocal or less vocal about wanting them out. But they do want them out, generally. It just kind of goes quiet if you're doing well. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope you manage to turn it around, really. But, yeah, it's a shame to see, I think, from an outside perspective of what's going on at Sheffield. And as for how we look at the game, like, we see it as a must-win to be fair, like regardless of where you are now, if this was the first game of the season and we were at home to you guys coming up from the league below, we'd have to see it as a must-win because of where we have been in the last few seasons. We might not have reached the playoffs in the last two years, but we've been knocking on the door, and the two years before that, we were there. So if we want to progress and we want to go back to the Premier League, which is where we do want to be, don't feel like that right now, but that's where we want to be as a club, you know, we we got to see those sort of games at home, especially as as must wins. But in the situation we're in now, it it is definitely a must win. It definitely is a six pointer. So, yeah, yeah. Um, do you look at our squad? And again, I'm not sure if, if if you do or you don't. Do you look at our squad and think there is the the danger man, the danger player that we we need to be looking out for? Is there anybody at Sheffield Wednesday that you worry about on Saturday? Um, I think Barry Bannon's the obvious one. He's been around the block for quite some time and he's definitely got the ability to do damage. Not sure how old he is now, but uh, like it's interesting yeah. to see how long he's been your main man for. Um, but definitely he, yeah. he'd 30, be the 32, one. Yeah, he's 32, 33. Um, yeah, he'd be the one. I think we got linked when you went down last time, when you got relegated. I think we got yeah. linked to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was any truth in it. It's just a name that popped up once or twice. But he'd be one that I would definitely be looking at that can do some damage. But there's two other names. George Byers obviously used to play for us. He came half came through our academy. Nice to see him doing well. So, you know, I'd like to see him on the pitch just for for the sake of an old guy, old boy coming back to the club. I was actually gutted to see him leave, really. I thought he still had something to offer at Swansea. He had a big injury. Didn't really come back from it and just kind of left when he recovered. He was let yeah. go rather than being able to come back into the team. 
but before his injury, he was a mainstay in the squad. So I was surprised that he went. And you know, we at the time, I think we had an abundance of resources in his position. But yeah, it's nice to see him back in the championship. The other person, then Callum Patterson, just because you know Cardiff, ex Cardiff lad, I'm sure he'd love a goal against us. So never like to be playing against those sort of players either. We, we, we've managed to uh, reconvert him, so we signed him. He, he, he moved from right back to centre forward. He's played every position by a goal in the last year or so. Uh, yeah, what's he that, playing these days? He, he's he's set up at right back. Again, he's moved back again this this year. Uh, didn't make the the starting eleven yesterday. Uh, nor did Byers actually, which is a bit of a surprise. I'm not sure Chisco knows what to do with George Byers at the minute, but that's a an entirely different uh, conversation for an entirely different podcast. Where does he normally play? Like as a ten or just a midfield? No, a little bit deeper. So under Moore last year, he dictated things along with Bannon and Will Volks. Uh, previous to that, we had Luongo in, who's now obviously at Ipswich before Volks came in. But, you know, for the longest time, Ban- uh, sorry, Bias was the player that people think or believed would be the successor to, to Barry Bannon. He's, he's the main guy for us. Uh, he's had a, a couple of injuries with us uh, over the last sort of six, seven months or so. And that set him back a little bit. And he's, he's struggled for to find that little little bit of consistency in terms of the running the side. Um, again, I'm not sure that Chisco realises what he's got with Bayers because I think on his day he played in the right way. He is the one. Um, but, you know, our, our manager at the minute is so batshit crazy, he's probably going to put him on the bench on Saturday because, you know, that's where we I are. Think he, I think if he's sensible, he starts him in this game just as a... He's going to want to score against his former club, isn't he? You'd hope so. And, and I'm, I'm sure, having heard the things that you've said, um, he's going to get a decent reaction, a decent sort of welcome back from the from the Swansea fans, which which would be nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, final question then. Let's do it. Where are the points going? I have to say, like I said earlier, it's a must win for Swansea. They have to win this game, so I need to back them. I don't think it's going to be anything special. I would take a one nil scruffy win, and that's what I'm going to go for. Uh, Last night, we managed to hold on 1-0 for most of the match before conceding last minute, and we need to go one step further and convert that to a win. Whatever the performance is, we need something to build on. So we need a win. He needs a win. He might be gone if he doesn't win this game. So I guess, if you want to believe Michael Duff has still got potential at Swansea, then Swansea win this game. So I have to... I want to I wanna look, you know, for all the positives are the best and say that he can still have a future year. So I'm going to say Swansea going to win this one. And for all the exact same reasons, I'm going to go one nil the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Which means Luke. it's nil-nil and they're both getting <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah. Luke, um, I know we've spoken off air and you've said that you're feeling a little bit under the weather. So I really appreciate yeah. you spending half an hour with me. Um, it's been fantastic to meet and talk to you. Um, do you want to give your podcast a little plug before we head off into the sunset? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um Sorry if I've struggled with the speech at all, but it's, uh, yeah, just working through it. But yeah, Swan's Cast Podcast on YouTube for all of our content and our podcasts and also on Spotify and all the other platforms as well. Twitter is our main social media. So catch us any of those places, really. Brilliant. And if you are a regular fan of uh, the Wednesday week, you'll you'll be jumping on, you'll see our, our links on the screen if you're on YouTube below, um, TWWcast on on 
um, X as it is nowadays. We need to move the logo. <laughs> um, please give us a like and subscribe. Positive feedback's always welcome. Um, and here's hoping that uh, Saturday, the six-pointer, falls away of um, Sheffield Wednesday. Luke, all the best, mate. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you very much. And you. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.